We're back. Eight months after the Browns lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Josh and Joe, Browns podcast is back. It's awesome to be back, honestly. It's awesome to talk yeah. Browns. It's been too long, it seems like. But yeah, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Periscope, wherever wherever you want to talk everywhere. Browns, just like usual. Yeah, we're live everywhere. And if you're tuning in, tuning in late, uh, we're on. This will be turned into a podcast as well. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, wherever. We're live and we're on podcasts everywhere. So please subscribe. Please comment. Everything. Just give us some love. But yeah, we're back. I'm Josh Paloha. He's Joe Gilbert. And we are about to preview a Brown season, which as a 30-year-old, is probably the most legitimate like hype and optimism I've had in my life. Joe, welcome back. Welcome. Thank you. Um, great to be back. I can't wait to... For Sunday, but um, yeah, this is I'm 30 years old too, and uh, this is definitely the most hype we've ever had for a season. Uh, I don't think there's anyone close to it actually. <laughs> I actually, there needs to be an asterisk two years ago with Freddie Kitchens. We had plenty of hype, but it wasn't real. This True. is like real <laughs> hype. This is, and yeah. before I forget, this uh, we are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Craig would probably kill me if I ever forget <laughs> that, so that is very important. Um, but yeah. We're here to preview the Brown season, kind of recap the offseason. A very good offseason, I'd say, for the Browns. It was one that, if you would have told me five years ago, would be like the offseason that the Browns would have, I wouldn't have believed you. They, <laughs> David and Joku, a year ago, said that he wanted to be traded. One year later, present day, now he wants an extension. I feel like uh, tight end, the second best tight end on the team. That's not really that big of news, but and that little, that little thing tells you so much about just the the Browns' current team, the current regime, their current head coach. Mm. That would have never happened no. prior to Kevin <laughs> Stavansky. Let's be honest. He would have been traded already. Actually, <laughs> True. He would have probably, probably for a seventh round draft pick. Right, he would have been traded right away. It would have been even a question, um, but yeah, it's it's amazing the culture that uh, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski has already built in what a year and a couple days, <laughs> a couple couple months here. Um, it's it's quite amazing, um, and, and it just shows you the thing that we've been looking for all these years, um, and shows how important it is is the culture um, having having just a one. A strong unified voice in there it's it's amazing what <laughs> what it can do for a team and their success and getting people to come here speaking of voices i was gonna talk about this later but baker mayfield and miles garrett they might not be the biggest okay baker mayfield is a talker miles garrett lets his play do the talking but you can't really ask for better leaders on both sides of the ball. And that's not even including a guy like Jarvis Landry, who from the moment he came to Cleveland was obviously the, the biggest team leader. But I just – you can't have enough leaders on a team and enough voices, positive voices, and Baker, Jarvis. And yeah. even, I mean, OBJ – obviously OBJ does all the talking. But he yeah. – I don't know. It's just everything seems good going into this season, and it does. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to grasp grasp 
that as a Browns fan. It truly yeah. is. Yeah, and they and they they needed some on defense, and they added some in John Johnson this uh, offseason. Um, Anthony Walker at linebacker. I, I I feel like they 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 saw that the leadership needed uh, and strengthened on defense, and they went ahead and did it. And I don't think we take enough uh, give enough credit towards leadership and just a veteran presence um, on teams. Um, it showed with uh with miles at the d line but they didn't have much going on in the secondary and i i, I believe that that's going to be a huge factor this year um just there's someone someone that knows what they're doing out, out in the linebackers in the secondary which is <laughs> there if you could just, last year <laughs> if you could describe the defensive backfield of linebackers last year just replay what joe just Lost. said the yeah. browns finally have someone that knows what they're doing yeah. Seriously though, yeah. it the biggest need this offseason was the defensive backfield and linebackers. And I mean they didn't add a big name linebacker, although I guess you could say JOK is a big name, but it was through the NFL draft. But what they did in free agency to improve the defensive backfield, I mean Greedy Williams, he missed a lot of last season, but now he's the third best cornerback when he's healthy. Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy. But I mean you can't you couldn't have asked for a better offseason free agent signing wise than the Browns did in the defensive backfield. Yeah. If we, I think if we go back to that, our last podcast, I think we talked about, they needed to hit the defense hard and they, they did it. They did exactly what we were talking about. They added two really strong veterans in the secondary that are both leaders and really talented players. Um, They added a linebacker who can be a leader um, he was he got strong recommendations from his Colts teammates, so that's a great sign. Um, and then uh, just adding talent with uh, Jadavion Clowney is is another just amazing signing. Um, it's it's amazing how much they they got done in one off season to overhaul this defense because coming out of last year it was it was a rough it was a rough unit. And uh, it, they completely overhauled it. I'll be honest. I'm a Clowney fan, but I think he's a bit overrated just because of that one hit that he put on the Michigan running back back in the out, Outback Bowl, what, five, six years ago? Mm. But if he can stay healthy, opposite of Miles Garrett, plus on a one-year deal, I think you're going to get the best Clowney you can possibly get because not only does he have motivation to show that he can be the real deal, but he's on a one-year deal. So whatever he does this year, the better he is, the more money he gets, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think he's the most talented guy they've ever had alongside uh, Miles. Um, I Olivia feel like Vernon. that doesn't have much competition. But yeah, I Olivia Vernon, he had he is, he is was good for stretches. Um, but yeah, the, the talent, like, one healthy, which is uh, obviously, if we're going to talk about it later in the show here, Health is going to be a huge factor in in the success of this team um, because they're banking on a lot of guys that um, have some kind of tough uh, health uh, health um, health uh, last couple of years. So it's going to be interesting to watch that. But yeah, getting back to Clowney, I, I just think if he can stay healthy and and show what he what he can truly do, it's it's going to be a fun a fun duo to watch all year. Um, I really believe that uh, he, 
one of the things that people don't like, he doesn't get the sack numbers, but his pressures and then just his uh, run defense is just going to be hugely important to this team. And I can't wait to watch them too. Uh, hopefully he, he's not sick uh, seriously today. Um, but yeah, let's, let's hope he gets on the field and I can't wait to watch uh, those two battle it out. All right. So two things that I'm, I thought of when you were talking one, I feel like as fans, we put way too much stock in sacks. It's easy to go on the back store and say, how many sacks, uh, sacks, I can't even talk. How many sacks did Miles Garrett have today? Oh, he had zero. He must not have had a good game. But in this day and age where offenses are very pass heavy, let's be honest, Patrick, I mean, Sundays would be a perfect example of that. Patrick Mahomes, you can let him. You can let Kansas City run the ball all you want, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be that guy that beats you. And with Clowney and Miles Garrett, I think quarterback pressures are more important than sacks. Obviously, if you get home, that's great. But if you get, say, Miles Garrett gets 15 quarterback pressures this season and 15 sacks, that is a horrible season. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Pressures, because pressures can create uh, just bad decisions. It can create um, rush throws, having to do the checkoff um, to the running back or short gain, which causes maybe a third down to go to a fourth down. Um, yeah, pressures are. Uh, we I was we were talking in our um, Discord with Michael Bodie. Uh, he he said uh, hundred hundred pressures should be the goal for the tandem this year, and I I agree. If they can stay healthy, pressure should be the one what we should look for. Sacks, sacks are, sacks are sometimes a uh, a lucky uh, kind of stat. Um, things have to fall perfectly um, because you can always have a quarterback just throws it away, or someone else takes your sack. Um, it's it's pressures that we want to look for, and I expect them to. I expect Clowney and uh, Garrett to be uh be uh very filled with those pressures all year yeah and let's be honest it's very cliche but if the browns front four can pressure the quarterback including big time patrick mahomes that makes the defensive backfield's job so much easier the longer that the quarterback is in the pocket the longer that the quarterback has to look down the field the i mean no matter how you can have jalen ramsey and Denzel Ward on the as their cornerbacks, right. and eventually an NFL wide receiver is going to get open. Yeah. So the front four: Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Andrew Billings, McDowell, McKinley. I, I'm missing a few, but if they can yeah. put pressure on the quarterback, that is huge for this defense. No matter how good the defensive backfield is. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the other way around too. Um, our improved secondary is going to help them. Um, how many how many times in Miles Garrett's career has has he been like a half second uh, to the sack, but the secondary breaks down in under two seconds? Um, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nice compliment to each other um, that we're gonna have to see if they can all just come together and do that. But yeah, the defense the the potential for this defense is extremely high. It's tenfold from last year um but uh, things have to come together health um just getting comfortable with each other and and then 
just the system overall, everyone learning the system. Um, it's got to come together, but the potential is definitely there. The potential in the head. That was another thing I was going to talk about. Health. Mm-hmm. 17 game regular season. That is a very long. I mean, it's only one additional week, but that is a very long regular season, yeah. especially when there's only one more one. There's only one bye week. And I think right. the Browns is week 13. So they have to go 12. They basically have to go three months to start the year without a bye week. That is tough. Yeah. When yeah. you think of the defense, there are a lot of what ifs. What if Jadavion Clowney can stay healthy? What if Denzel Ward can stay healthy? What if Greedy Williams can stay healthy? And those are just three. I mean, Greedy Williams isn't technically a starter anymore, but those are just three of the 11 positions on the field where you're like iffy about if they can stay healthy because they've been yet to be able to do it. So I feel like the talent is there, like you said, but health and depth is such a big. I mean, if you're going to make a Super Bowl run, you need to have depth. If you're going to make a Super Bowl run during a 17 game regular season, depth might be more important than anything else, to be honest. Right, yeah. And I, I, I think the Browns built a lot of depth on, on the defense at some areas. Like, I think the secondary, they got four corners that can play any position on uh, inside or outside. Um, and A.J. Green played really well this offseason, uh, preseason. So um, he could be a fifth guy. And then uh, safety, they have three really good ones if they obviously stay healthy. And then a fourth one, a fourth one, uh, Richard Account, who's a rookie, um, he looked good too. Uh, so I think the secondary has solid depth. Um, it's the edge rushing is a bit uh, scary right now. Um, we haven't seen Tack McKinley uh, all preseason. Um, he left obviously for personal reasons during the training camp. Then came back. Uh, I think it was like two weeks uh, before the before the regular season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he develops. I think he's one of the big keys for that uh, position um, because there's not much. There's not many. <laughs> there's not much options after him. Uh, Joe Jackson. Then you got uh, a practice squad guy who they just recently signed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see the edge defense line is definitely something to keep an eye on. I feel like the, in, the interior is pretty deep, but not like super talented. Uh, they, they don't have like a sure fire guy. Like last year we knew Sheldon Richardson was going to be the guy to handle the starting duties this year. It could, it could go with the hot hand. Um, I could see by the end of the year, Elliot and and McDowell taking the jobs there and, and being the uh, major contributors there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch them, uh, but they have a lot of, they have a lot of bodies in interior. It's just the edge rusher. Uh, I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit eerie about, uh, but we'll see. It's crazy that, the Browns arguably had the best defensive end in the NFL and Jadavian Clowney and the position that we're worried about defensively <laughs> is defensive end. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, all it shows you how much depth now. matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Depth truly matters. I mean, yeah. what? So yeah, it's, it used to, like I said, it used to just be just get through 16 games, but now it's 17 games. And let's be honest, if the Browns don't make the playoffs this year, and this is really weird to say, it's a huge disappointment. Right. So yeah. you need your guys to stay healthy. I, it's easy to say. It's 
it's obviously not going to happen. When was the last time everyone on the NFL team stayed healthy? But the Browns just need to stay as healthy as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, At at key positions, there's definitely positions where they can take an injury. As I said, secondary, many spots on offense. But yeah, knock on wood, knock on wood. Except for quarterback, obviously, (laughs) we can't trust Case. Um, But yeah, it's uh, there's certain positions that getting a key, getting an injury could uh, could be pretty tough uh, for them to kind of replace them. Uh, so we got to go ahead and <laughs> keep an eye on defensive line is definitely the, uh, the spot uh, for me uh, just early on in the season, see how those guys develop um, because it, it doesn't, it doesn't look too deep right now. Yeah. So enough about the defense. Let's talk about the offense, the fun part of the game and the yes. NFL that is very offensive heavy. The offense, it's hard to find a weak spot in the offense. Man, this is just another weird thing to say as a Browns fan. I know. <laughs> like, quarterback, you could, okay, the people are going to take this the wrong way. You can argue that the weakest spot on offense is quarterback, and that's not <laughs> a bad thing. Yeah, I know. It just shows how, how deep it is and how talented like the offensive line it this is the best offensive line i've seen the browns have in and we've had great ones with joe thomas and and steinbeck and all those guys it's the best offensive line in the nfl correct yeah oh yeah definitely um they have they can this is a unit where they can suffer uh an injury or two and still joe i i know (laughs) i i'm not saying to get an injury (laughs) Um, but it, it's a team that could suffer, or a unit that can suffer to, and, that, and not really take a huge hit like like in past or in many other teams would have. Like Michael Dunn, he's a player that could start for many teams. Chris Hubbard, we've seen him start for us, and he's been good in spots as a as a uh, spot starter. It just it's just a luxury that the Browns have um, on the offensive line, and and that's. That's huge for this offense because they're going to be that the offensive line is the driving force of the of the of the unit. Um, everything everything goes with the offensive line because you got to protect Baker, got to set up the running game. It's going to be all through them, and it's that's why they they uh, the Browns have heavily uh, heavily targeted that position to upgrade it uh, the past couple of years. And speaking, you brought the running game. So the Browns have the best offensive line in the NFL. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they have the best running back duo in the NFL. Yep. And not only just those two, but Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton showed plenty of promise in the or in the uh, yeah. preseason too. It's crazy how, just like the offensive line, just like the whole offense as a whole, how deep the running backs are and how good they are. Yeah. And it makes Baker's job so much easier. Right. Yeah, I wrote this week. They probably have the best second running back and the best third running back in the league, and then a top five ranked starting running back. That's, that seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they're probably the fourth best. <laughs> if they, not many teams have four running backs, but we do, and he's probably the best one of uh, of that bunch too. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing the luxury they have there too. Um, they can they can rest guys. That's why that's why the extension. Uh, we can get into this too. Um, the Chubb extension was such a smart move by them 
because he hasn't had the workload as like a Derrick Henry, um, other backs that you might be wary about giving a long-term contract because they've had so much, so much uh, workload on their backs. Um, that's why Chubb and Hunt are so good together. They can, they can give him a rest for a couple, maybe a couple uh, series, and and it doesn't take a huge blow to the offense, which is it, it's just a great luxury for this offense. Yeah, it's like, all right, let's sit Nick Chubb down for a series just to give him some rest. Oh shoot, looks like we have to go <laughs> Kareem Hunt, yeah. another top right. fifteen to top twenty running back in the NFL. Right. It's yeah. just so. It's just crazy how many options Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt have. And like I said, saying that Baker Mayfield is probably the worst position on the offense, it's not a jab at Baker. It's showing how good the offense is. And then Bobby Seaver. So let's leave Bobby Seaver for last. Tight end. When Harrison Bryant's your third tight end, I'd say your tight end room is pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them are going to contribute and contribute a high level, um, and that's that's quite amazing for a t- <laughs> for any team. Um, I I think Njoku is going to have a, a breakout year. Um, I really do. I think he's in the right uh, mind frame, and I think at the end of the year, we saw that he was the best tight end on the on the roster. Um, in that Chiefs game, he he played he played extremely well. Um, he can block. He's improved his blocking, which is was one of the bigger uh, negatives with him early on in his career. But he has improved to be one of the better blockers on the team. And I, I just expect big things from uh, Njoku. Um, if the Browns want – one of the things that the Browns want to do this year is expand their offense. And that I think that the number one thing is just uh, threatening downfield more often. And I think Njoku and Odell Beckham, which we'll get to later, um, are, are two of the bigger guys that can threaten the defense downfield. Um, so I, I believe the big plays can be uh, run through Njoku too. And you're the, you're the segue master tonight. <laughs> so downfield threats, wide receivers, OBJ, I mean, let's just throw it out there. Are you one? How do you feel like will he be? I don't know how to say this. Um, it seemed like prior to his injury last year, OBJ was being forced the ball by Baker, and it it seemed to mess Baker up. Let's be honest, because once Baker or once OBJ went down, Baker seemed a lot more relaxed, and he just gave the ball wherever he wanted to at any time. He didn't really have like, "Hey, I need to throw it to this guy. I need to get him on the back store." Will OBJ come in and be part of the offense, or will he want to put up the stats? Do you think? It's it sure seems like he wants to just be part of the offense. I think part of the reason why they we saw that jump was just. Baker get more comfortable with the offense. It, it just it just happened to happen during the time frame he was out of the out of the season out for the season. Um, but I, it just things it, we've seen it with other um, quarterbacks in in this um, in Kevin Stefanski's type of offense. Um, the second year, uh, getting later in the first year, um, you see a big jump from them. So I expect. 
huge things from Baker this year. And um, I think Odell will fit in perfectly for what they want to do to expand the offense, as I was saying, to get that vertical threat. But I don't think Baker will have – I don't think he'll be in the mind frame of forcing it this year because he knows the offense so well now um, that he knows where the ball should go. And he's not going to force it to Odell Beckham just because Odell Beckham should get the ball. Um, he's going to throw it to where the uh, play call uh, it warrants it. So uh, I, I expect big things from Odell. Obviously, we haven't seen him if he can if he's fully healthy, but all the indications of like the videos and practices and all that that he is in. Uh, he looks great and. And it looks like he's back to his full self. So that'll be huge for this offense if they can get – they can add a number one receiver in in a offense that was already a top offense. That's 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 a good thing to have. Yeah, I'd say that seems pretty good. And I yeah. think the good thing when it comes to OBJ and getting targets and getting receptions is that the Browns offense did really well without OBJ. So it's very clear that they don't need OBJ. OBJ is just another added bonus. So if OBJ doesn't get the ball or if he demands the ball, I mean, it's, this isn't going to happen, let's be honest. But Kevin Stefanski and Baker just be, can just be like, dude, we flourish without you. We want a playoff game without you. I think it's, like I said, I think it's just an added bonus to have OBJ rather than like, uh, hey, we have to give him 10 targets a game, OBJ. Right, and I think this is where the culture comes in. Um, the Browns have created culture where it's about the team. It's about um, fitting into the system for the better of the team, and I think uh, Odell seems to seems to be buying into that, and that's why I, I don't think there's any problem with – there's going to be any problem with uh, trying to force it to him or him getting angry about not getting catches or anything. I think it will come – He's too talented to not get open and, and get the opportunities. So I think it'll all work out uh, well for him. And I, I can't wait to watch him in this offense when when Baker's actually comfortable with it, like he showed last uh, at the end of the last season. I, I can't wait to see see what they do together. It's weird to hear when you're talking about the Browns culture, having a strong culture. And just like winning football, and and a guy like a star like OBJ just having to fit in with the Browns, it's just yeah. like I said, I said it earlier in the podcast. As a thirty year old, all those words shouldn't be together, <laughs> but yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to compare it to the Patriots because obviously they're how many times champions? The Patriot have, way. Yeah, they have a go. But let's but, be honest. Hey, but the Browns are better than the Patriots now. So yeah, hey, that's true. I'm just worried about the now. I'm not worried about the past. That's Same true. with the Steelers. The Browns right. are better than the Steelers now. I don't care about the right. terrible towel. I don't care how many rings you guys have. I'm just worried about now in this season. Yeah, and here we are. But yeah, they they have the culture for the Patriot way, and and they got a guy like Randy Moss way back then. He came out of the Oakland. He was he looked lost and kind of. Didn't, he didn't look like the, the player that uh, he was in Minnesota. And, and he it came right into the Patriots and it just excelled because he, the culture 
uh, allowed him to just slip right in and just be part of the team. And I, I believe that's what uh, we'll see with Odell. Obviously, we might not see a record-breaking I season. Say, like so are you saying like crazy. a record-breaking season by Baker and Odell? All right, confirmed. Everyone mark this down. <laughs> yes, Joe is confirming Baker's throws 50 touchdowns <laughs> and OBJ catches 20 touchdowns. <laughs> yes, but to a lesser extent, but we'll we'll hopefully see um, something like that, and I, I believe they they can definitely do that. Absolutely, I, it's weird or it's hard to find like a weak point on this team. Honestly, right now, when we're talking about the weak point on defense being the defensive ends, who have Miles Garrett and Jadamian Clowney, and then offensively, I mean, I there's nothing really negative to say about any position group. Yeah. Yeah, there there really isn't. There's not a like I, I did my rankings this week of the positions and all the offense was in the top top six or seven, I believe, of all the on the entire roster. And that's not even a slight to the defense. It just it just shows how how strong they are in offense. And um I don't know if we'll do bold predictions at the end of this, but uh I uh I believe Baker's gonna have a uh uh, huge year. Just uh, we'll give you a little snip. A snip Joe, of what Joe just confirmed that Baker Mayfield is on all of his fantasy football teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> all right. So the only worrisome part of this team special teams. It has to be talked about. The Scottish Hammer, he came on, had a really good year two years ago. Struggled last year. Kicker, Chase McLaughlin. I don't even know what to think. or I, But usually special teams doesn't matter. Usually it's just like, oh, okay, he can kick a field goal. He can't. But when you're competing for a top seed in the playoffs and then come the postseason, special teams, especially in bad weather, is huge. How do you feel about the kicker and the punter on this team right now? Yeah, I, I ranked them last in my rankings this week. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the kicker. Um, when haven't shows, we though? Right. Besides Phil Dawson, when Phil Dawson. nervous? Phil Dawson was the last one. Ever since he left, it was, it's been downhill. Um, yeah, it's kind of, it was kind of a little scary that they signed that kicker in, um, for the practice squad. It doesn't really show a lot of faith in their guy right now. So, um, yeah, they're, that's definitely the position I'm uh, most worried about. Uh, hopefully, I think the Browns are in the position where they're going to try to not have to rely on it, uh, especially kicker. Um, they won't have to they, – they'll go for more fourth downs as we saw last year. Kevin Savansky was very, um, <laughs> very liberal with going on fourth down. Um and I, I believe we'll see more of that, especially with this offense, a more comfortable offense. I think they'll we'll see even even bigger um, emphasis on going for fourth downs. We might be like the Baltimore Ravens, where they kind of <laughs> they they seemingly, and even though they have like a, a Hall of Fame kicker, they still went through our fourth downs quite often. Um, so I think we'll see that. And then turnover punting, I think, I think he, the talent has always been there. It's just I don't the consistency last year was just not very good. So I I'm not too worried about uh, 
the punting, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully he can bounce back from uh, last year and return to his rookie year. Um, and then coverage teams, that that's another one I think people are not really talking about. Uh, we've lost a lot of special teams, guys, this offseason. Uh, we lost... We lost Joe Jack or um not uh, uh can't think of his name uh, Jackson I can't think of his first name um, I can't either to be honest with you but yeah. before you go on mm-hmm. does that happen besides like the Nate Ebner's of the world does that happen on um playoff teams and championship hopefully okay I won't go that far playoff teams because <laughs> they don't want to spend money on special teams guys. I would, is I would a lot think of inter- so. interchangeable. Yeah, yeah, because usually your special teamers are the back end of the back end of the roster, and that's usually the the part of the team that most teams kind of transfer through and out. Um, so it, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, it's something that they still have to focus on, and hopefully get a bunch of guys that can uh, do it well. Um, I think Demetric Felton, overall, he's going to be a huge special team contributor. On coverage teams too, so um, that'll be a nice piece on there. And then, yeah, just it, it's going to be the the young guys will have to step up. Like LeCount, I think will probably be on special teams, um, and uh, AJ Green will probably be on special teams. But yeah, it's going to be the back end of the roster is usually the special teams guys, and and that's usually where you see the turnover. So yeah, I would I would probably expect that. Um, so it just seemed like a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> I think it was like the top six or seven guys on the on the special teams last year are, are now gone, except for like maybe one. Um, so it's just something to look out for. Um, but then it's not it's not the biggest concern on on special teams. Uh, kicker is still, but it's something to uh, watch early on this uh, this season. With kickoffs being where they are, I think the three most important positions on special teams are well, obviously long snapper, but we're not going to include that kicker, Charlie punter, and then, your, <laughs> and then your gunner on on punts. The gunners, if you don't know, are the two guys on the outside or three, I guess sometimes. But if you if you can get good coverage by those guys, that makes a heck of a difference because one, they'll either cause a fumble, or two, it's a fair catch and you get the best field position possible. So if I don't know who's going to be the gunners, maybe Jimmy Trick Felton, maybe I don't even know, but yeah. those positions are vitally important. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping on kickoffs. I really hope they don't do that short crap where they try to kick it short to the goal line. Please just kick it out about, kick it out of the end zone. That is the same thing I say. From- <laughs> Ohio State, watching Ohio State, they sometimes ball. Oh I guess gosh. Ryan Day doesn't really do it, but Urban Meyer did all the time. Just, like, kick, it just deep, kick it out of the end zone, please. Please. Just like penalties and, and injuries, it's it just not worth it. Nothing is worth It's just not worth it. Just give them the 25 yards and let's go. <laughs> that's I, that's I the biggest thing. More. I could not agree more. All right. So we recapped every position group. We're obviously very positive. Like I said, defensively, the position we're most worried about is the position that Miles Garrett plays. That says, says a lot, lot defensively. Yeah. Yep. Offensively, the position we're most worried about is Baker Mayfield. Which that says a lot. 
and I'm special teams. All right, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not worried about Baker either, but it just puts into comparison how good the offense truly is. Right. So, team as a whole, let's. If you were, I know they've been ranked already by Bleacher Report and ESPN. If you were to rank the entire Browns roster on paper, on paper, this is important. It's on paper. Where would you rank them with the rest of the NFL? I have my I answer. Say, so it's all I would say top three. <laughs> top with three. who? Tampa Bay and uh, who? Tampa Kansas Bay City? and, yeah, Kansas City. Um, yeah, I would say Kansas City. The thing, all right, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, they just, Champa Bay, I guess we'll call them. It's right. obviously they they're brought, the best team in the NFL right now. They brought all their starters back, which is crazy. That's crazy, too. <laughs> that is crazy. Kansas City, we know how good Patrick Mahomes is. We know how good Tyreek Hill, Travis Kels, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, Kels, <laughs> however you pronounce it. We know how good their receivers are. Their offensive line. I know Bodie said in Discord probably a month or two ago that they're very promising guys. Oh yeah, but a few rookies, a few free agent signings. When you, I guess, when you pay your quarterback fifty million, it's hard to keep a really good offensive line at all times. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Baker Mayfield. Although it's not going to be fifty, <laughs> but let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I feel like when you have a questionable offensive line, it throws off your entire offense. But then when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I guess it doesn't really matter. But how, if you were a Kansas City fan and looking ahead to Sunday, how worried would you be about their offensive line? Yeah, that's going to be, I think that's going to be the battle. That's going to be one of the biggest, biggest uh, matchups in the whole game to see who um, just, it might, it might actually tell us who wins. Like if they can, so it's the left side. The left side has the two has has uh, the two veterans, Orlando Brown and and uh, Joe Tooney. So the left side is good, but the right side has three rookies. Um, Creed Humphrey is their center um, at guard. They got um, they have Trey Smith. He uh, he was from Tennessee, and then Lucas Neang um, from at right tackle. He uh, the, all three. Well, Neang I believe is second year. But he didn't play uh, the year before, um, and the, but the other two are rookies, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I would I would throw a lot at him if I was Joe Woods. I would put Miles on that side. Put <laughs> Miles on the rookie side, please. <laughs> yes, put Miles on that side. Maybe send some blitzes. Send JOK in for a blitz because he's he's a great blitzer. Uh, at least he showed it in college. I I would really try to put all the pressure on that and see, see how good they are. Obviously they're talented. They, I, I was high on both Creed and, and Humph and uh, Trey Smith coming out of college, but it, it's still a, it's a different jump coming, <laughs> starting from day one. Um, when you don't have really, you don't have really a veteran leadership on your side. It's going to be interesting to see. And I would, I would throw everything at them. Uh, I know Joe Woods doesn't really do a lot of he doesn't like to do a lot of blitzing and all that i would throw as much as i can at him at them and just see if they can handle it that will be the biggest test so the 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 not having experience goes both ways one you should blitz because it'll throw them in a loop two that might make you trust miles garrett more 
to get to the quarterback, which means that you shouldn't blitz because then if you can get to the quarterback, like like I talked about earlier, if the front four can get to the quarterback and put pressure on right. first this on AB Patrick Mahomes, you have seven guys in the defensive backfield against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kels. Yeah. And whoever I like how you're calling Kels. It is. It's mostly Kels, isn't it? <laughs> That's what he's saying. I, I don't know if, if we're supposed to, if he was just joking about it or not, but yeah. Yeah. That's how. Well, I'm hey, just... we can't call Frankie Frankie anymore. So I need to. That's true. I need to know my Travis Kels. Okay. Yeah. Cleveland boy. <laughs> if he didn't play, I wish he's so cool, easy to like. Like he was at, I know. Um, who had the charity softball game? Was it Denzel? Who? No, Baker. Uh, no, uh, Jarvis. He, Jarvis. He came Jarvis. to that at Travis Kels. It's so easy to like. I just wish he didn't play for the Chiefs. I know. At least he doesn't play for Pittsburgh or Baltimore. So that is a positive. (laughs) But Pittsburgh, let's be honest. I mean, this can be bulletin board material for the five Pittsburgh people that are watching ever. (laughs) Pittsburgh's irrelevant. Until they get an offensive line that's better than the worst in the NFL, they're Mm -hmm. irrelevant to me. I would agree with that. (laughs) When you have a 60-year-old quarterback uh, the worst offensive line in the NFL, and you spend your first two draft picks on a running back and tight end, you're <laughs> irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, and, and a defense that lost uh, quite a few pieces in the secondary. So we'll see. True. <laughs> All right. So um, season as a whole. Actually, no, no. Let's stick with Kansas City. The number one thing I hope to write about this either tonight or Saturday. If I find some time, Browns fans, please, please, whatever you do, don't overreact to Sunday. If please they don't. lose, if they lose, it's one game. If yes. they lose, it's not a big deal. It's one yeah. of 17. If they win, just like losing, it's one game. Right. If they win, it's not like they won the, the Super Bowl. It's not like they clinched them one seed in the playoffs. It's, right. it's just one game. So please, please, yes. please, please, please yes. do not overreact. Let's just all rewind to last year at this time. We we're going into Baltimore. And then just remember that result and then remember what happened at the end of the season. It This game does not tell you the whole season. <laughs> it tells you a little snippet of how ready they are right now. But, it, yeah, it, this one game at a time in this game counts just one game. So I, I can already 17, see – I can already see Brown's Twitter overreacting, oh, good or bad. I Seriously, if they Sunday. win, yeah, if they win, cool, it's one game. If they lose, cool, it's one game. You know what I mean? Right. I guess it's easy for, easy for me to say that. I'm not speaking for everyone else, but I can already see that so much of Brown's Twitter is going to overreact to whatever the result is, no matter what. Yeah. It's a good measuring stick, but it's that's it. It's it's just seeing how ready, how good they are right now, and you want your team to be the best playing at the end of the year. So if they lose by a couple touchdowns, then they have stuff to work on. If they win by a couple touchdowns, they still have stuff to work on. Browns fans might throw a parade if they win by 21. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) They will. (laughs) I can't, I can't imagine Brown's Twitter after if they win by a blowout. (laughs) It's one of those things where like, I'd be excited if they won, but I'd be like, all right, it's time to stay off of Twitter for the rest of the night, please. Yeah, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. All right, everyone, so, just enjoy it. So, as Browns fans, we love playing the schedule game. Love it. <laughs> it's a traditional, unlike any other. Let's be honest. 
Oh, yes. So let's play it. Usually it was like loss, 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 loss. True. No, 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 no. Preseason it was win, 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 win. <laughs> Regular season yeah. is loss, 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 win, Actually, loss, loss, loss. Before, before we get into this, we have to congratulate Kevin Stefanski for matching the perfect uh, preseason by Hugh Jackson. So congratulations. Preseason champions, right? Preseason champions. I wonder how many shirts. I forget who, who sold that shirt. It was like Browns <laughs> preseason champions. I wish I was a t-shirt company because a shirt as simple as that. I bet you they sold thousands. Was that the, was the, when they went perfect? Was that the year that they lost all their games? They went perfect in the re- preseason and imperfect in the regular season, that's, which that's perfectly describes right Cleveland Browns football prior to a couple years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get back into it. Schedule game, <laughs> bold prediction, whatever. At Kansas City, go. Uh, I say they lose, but close, and a close? shootout. Big shootout. Okay. I just don't think so it comes down like one possession. Yeah, I, I don't think the defense is ready to go yet to fully um, compete against just the powerhouse Kansas City Chiefs offense. But it's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. But they will be in January or February. And speaking of, we've been seeing Brown's 2021 season preview just because we're used to only playing the regular season. I think it's time to start seeing the Brown's 2021 2022 season preview. That's true. That's a good point. I wrote that and I was like, do you know what? We need to start including 2022 because the, the playoffs, which we're not used to, going to next year. All right. So 0 and 1, home against Houston. Oh my gosh, if they lose yeah. that game. <laughs> now that I could say if they lose that one, then we could we could start panicking a little bit. But the yeah, fighting Tyrod Taylors. Right. Oh my god, I can't believe Tyrod's played. And they just traded another uh, one of their guys, this, uh, quarterbacks, uh, Roby, a high state boy. Um, yeah, I don't, there's no way they're losing that. So, one and one. One and one. Hold on. I'm going to show this comment. I think the Browns aren't getting any love in this game. I think this game is going to be within three with a Browns win from Adam Roadheaver. Roadheaver? Uh, sorry I if I mispronounced so. your name. He was talking about the Kansas City game. So, Kansas City. Adam has the Browns starting off at least 0-2. I dig it. Oh, and then he says, DPJ is going to be the difference maker. Oh, I, I... I like it. I like it. Yeah. He was, uh, he was going to... He was... Uh, I did an awards prediction today uh, that came out today, and he was the uh, biggest improvement player, biggest breakout. So I expect big things. And catch up on comments. Sorry, you guys. This was from the beginning of the show. I promise me and Joe did not pay Ed Hodor <laughs> to say this. You guys are the best. Ed, he's a good <laughs> good friend of mine. Appreciate it. And Joe Gilbert, this must be your dad? That be my dad. I did not pay him either. <laughs> we did not. We don't get paid enough by Craig no. or WFNY yeah. as a whole to pay for commenters. Let's be honest. <laughs> that is true. All right. So one and one. Versus Chicago, week three. Two win. things. One, okay, you just answered my first one. When two, as an Ohio State fan, is Justin Fields starting week three? Uh, I believe he is. I believe that might be his first game. <laughs> I believe Andy oh, Dalton's man. just going to be really bad the first two games. and uh... I don't want to be that fan, but can the Browns win 
both from my Ohio State fandom and some of my fantasy football teams, can the Browns win like 55 to 48 and Justin <laughs> Fields have six touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what Chicago's really doing with Dalton starting. Um We've seen that. <laughs> We've seen that song. Do you know? I would say what's awesome is that we can talk about another team like this. It yeah. used to always be. I don't know what the Browns are doing. They're starting. Yeah. I don't even know. They're <laughs> Ty starting Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor over fill in the blank. They're starting Jeff Garcia over fill in the blank. They're starting Brandon Whedon over fill in the blank. It's nice to have this happening on an yeah. opponent. Right. I know. <laughs> it is very nice. All right, two and one at Minnesota. Uh, this is a this is a tougher than I think their record would show last year. I still think uh, the Browns win, uh, but I think it's a it's their Minnesota should be a lot better this year. Um, they kind of had a lot of things happen to them last year. Um, their defense should be better, but I, I think the Browns uh, come out with the win there in Stefanski's uh, homecoming. Yes, and I feel Dalvin Cook, top three running back, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, one of the top. best receiver duos yeah. in the NFL. I yeah. forget who their tight end is, but he just had a season-ending injury. Irv Smith, yeah. Yeah, Irv Smith. Yeah, their offense, it'll give Browns a run for their money, minus Kirk yeah. Cousins. I have no faith in Kirk Cousins, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see how their defense is. That, that's what uh, kind of derailed them last year. They – they had a terrible defense, so we'll see how good they are this year. Three and one. Wow. And do you know what's weird about the Browns starting three and one? It's I think the same. And I'm actually like not just being optimistic. I like truly think that they'll start three and one. Yeah. At San Diego Superchargers, yeah. but the Los Angeles Los Angeles edition. At the Chargers. Yeah. This is a this is a really this is a really hard one. Um Going to the West Coast um, and then facing a really, really talented quarterback like uh, Justin Herbert, um, I could go either way on this. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a win, but I this one, this one's one of the tougher ones to pick. Um, I, I think the Chargers could be one of those uh, teams to surprise this year and and uh, maybe threaten for a playoff spot. Um, but I'll go with a win right now, but. My confidence is not as super high. So as, as just the other ones. so you'll go with the win, or do you want to just play it safe and go with the loss? I'll go with I'll go with the loss. Okay, just I would say I'd go with the loss too, just to play it safe. Three yeah. and two, mm-hmm. man. This is another tough one with a young quarterback versus the Cardinals at home. I think that's a win. I am not a huge fan of the Cardinals. Um, Especially their coach. <laughs> oh, okay. I, coach. I like the Cardinals besides their coach. Yeah, their coach is – he wasn't good in college, and somehow they think he's going to be good in pros, but that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I think this is a win. Um, they, got a, they got a weird team with, like, really young guys and then really, really old guys with, like, J.J. Watt and <laughs> some of the other guys. Um, so I think this is a win. One thing I am – their receiving core is DeAndre Hopkins. Randall Moore, rookie out of Purdue, I think he's going to yeah. have one heck of a year. Yeah, he's DeAndre Hopkins is yeah. getting so many eyes. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, Rondell Moore was one of the fun guys to come out of this draft. I was hoping maybe the Browns would get him, but uh, sadly he went to the Cardinals. So, yeah, they, he's, he's going to be a fun one to watch to see how they utilize him. That That's the only thing i kind of excited about seeing with the Cardinals, um, just how they use him. Um, he, he's um, he's, uh, he's going to be a, a piece, maybe like almost like a Demetric Felton where you'll see him in the pass game and the run game. Yes. Yeah. I, that Arizona offense could be really fun. Hopefully it's not yeah. week, fun week six though. <laughs> Four and two home against the Broncos, October 21st. Oh, it's a Sunday, oh, Thursday night game. So it's coming off of a short week against the, in the against the Cardinals. Then you have the Broncos yeah. at home Thursday night. Uh, even it helps that they're on Thursday, which I think home home teams on Thursday night is like uh, I think their probability is a lot higher. Um, but I definitely have a win. I don't have trust in either Bridgewater or um, Locke, so whoever starts for them by that time, I, I don't trust either of them. So I believe a win there. I agree. So five and two, week eight. Halloween home against the Steelers. Win. <laughs> I just nothing. Don't think. Just don't even say anything. Just say win. <laughs> I, I, I we've talked about it earlier. I I just think they don't match up with the Browns anymore, and that's kind of fun to say. Um, I think Miles Garrett will have his fun against that offensive line, and I I don't have a lot of confidence in Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know how his arm will just get rejuvenated out of nowhere um, because it looked like a dead fish last year, and I don't expect it. Do you know what else Ben Roethlisberger didn't look like a dead fish? was when he didn't dive for the football in the playoffs (laughs) and just let the Browns score a touchdown a minute in the game. That just just shows you where he's at in his uh, career right now. (laughs) <laughs> that that single play. He's like, nah, I'll play it safe and stay healthy. I'm not <laughs> going to dive on this and just get a run touchdown. Made a horrible jumping attempt and then didn't run after the ball. <laughs> All right, so we are – are we 6-2? and two? Yeah, 6-2. and two. Man, this is going to be another one too. At Cincinnati. Uh, win. Uh, just uh, – they might even have a worse offensive line than the Steelers. That's a lot. It's crazy that the AFC North probably has the two worst offensive lines in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have Baltimore's front and then Miles Garrett and Jadamian Clowney looking down at you. Yeah. Right. It's it's wild that they they're they're like the Browns of the old where they just didn't the well the before uh Stefanski came in, they just didn't worry about the offensive line for some reason in front of their young quarterback. It's like a carbon copy. Uh, okay, so seven. Wait, where are we now? Seven and two at New England. I believe that might be a loss. That's going to be a tough one. Um, Mac Jones, uh, he played really well this preseason, and then just going into Foxborough, it's it's a tough uh, tough environment. So I would go with a loss there. Ooh, okay, okay, I like it. And my computer's about to die. I'm going to go try to find my charger quick. But, okay. all right, so new, if my computer dies, let's continue this without me and I'll hop right back on. Okay. 7-3 versus Detroit. I already know the, the answer to this Win. one. So I'll be right back, Joe. Just keep talking. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a win. Uh, I think the Lions are the worst team in the league, um, if not the worst team. Uh, they they have a new coach who's kind of seems like he's playing in the 60s or coaching in the 60s. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, this is a definitely a win in my book. So that's eight and two. So then we go to the hard stretch. Um, I, I think Baltimore back to back weeks. That's going to be the tough one. Baltimore. All right, I'm I'm assuming you got the W on yes. Detroit, right? Yeah, we're on to Buffalo or uh, Baltimore back to back weeks. This is this is the stretch. Yeah, that's of the weird. Year. I I forgot about. This Baltimore back-to-back. What is the NFL doing? I don't know. I saw another. I forget who it was. Um, they played their um, their their division rivals like the third last week and then the last week. It's very the schedules with uh, seventeen week or eighteen weeks. Uh, it just seems. I think the schedule are all kind of messed up. <laughs> but you'd think that in seventeen weeks. You'd find a way to not have Baltimore be a back-to-back game with a bye week in between for the Browns. It just seems right. very odd. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super odd. Um, if anything, though, know. it favors the Browns, right? I think the Ravens have the Steelers between the two. Yeah, right. And the Browns have a bye week, so if anything, it kind of favors the Browns. I'd say. Right. That's why I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a split here. I think they lose first one and then win the home game. Um. All right. So we are. Eight and four with that, I think. Yeah, because we were seven, three, eight, and four. No, we're not. We're nine and four. Nine and four. With losses at Kansas City, Los Angeles, New England. I don't know. I lost track, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, had, I had the Chiefs, um, Chargers, um, Patriots. New England. So they are 10 and 3. Oh my goodness. I can only imagine Browns fans by week if they're well with the with the Ravens, so 10 and 4. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. Okay. Home against the Raiders. Time to be determined, but it's a Sunday. Win. Win. I think they're gonna be one of the worst teams in the league. I think they're gonna fall off here. I, I don't have much confidence in the, the fighting John Gruden's getting paid $10 million a year to have one of the worst NFL teams. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't have much confidence in what they're doing. As we, as we say in the discord a lot, I forget who started. I think it might've been Michael Bodie hashtag, not the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely them. Uh, yeah. I, I don't have much confidence in the, in the uh, Raiders. So Raiders win six days later, Christmas day. At Green Bay, as a fan of Lambeau Field and as a fan of Christmas Day, I hope there's like three feet of snow in Green Bay that day. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a loss. It's just going to it's gonna be a tough one. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league um, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I just think it's, it's going to be a hard matchup. Six days, it's going to be... It's going to be one of the fun matchups to watch. Uh, really good tests at the end of the year here, uh, but I don't think they'll uh, win that one. All right, so we are up to five losses. Monday, January 3rd, into the new year. 
at Pittsburgh Monday Night Football. Wow, you think they're going to sweep the Steelers? Yes, I don't. Without going back, I think they. All right, so part of me thinks that they should and will because the Browns are a much better team. But the other part of me is saying it's the Steelers. There's no way the Browns can sweep the Steelers. Yeah, I. I just don't have confidence in Pittsburgh, and I, I think we are the matchup is just um, it just favors the Browns in a couple of different areas, a couple of key areas, and I I just don't have a lot of confidence in Pittsburgh. I don't think they make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, actually, I I agree with that because I think in the AFC or AFC North, it's without looking at the wild cards, who would be the second wild card? I think it's Cleveland and Baltimore. One wins the division. Hopefully, the Browns. One wins right. the wild one. One gets one of the two wild card spots. Yeah. So last week of the season, the Browns are eleven and five, home against the Bengals. I feel so like at eleven is... and five, they they wouldn't be able to lock up the number one seed. No. But at, at eleven and five, they'd probably be playing for the division. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be this one is a win I think, um, but it depends on if they play their starters. So we could be finally in the position where we don't have to play our starters, and we're resting them. So it depends on that, um, but I think they'll win anyways. Um, as we said, their offensive line is just terrible in Cincinnati, and uh, Joe Burrow's coming off an injury, serious injury, and I, I just don't. Sadly, I don't know if Burroughs is going to make it till then. I, I really I hope he does yeah. because it's just I feel like this is a uh, a, a um, Derek uh, not Derek what's Derek's brother's name Derek David, Carr David, David Carr. Carr I just feel like this is or Tim Couch as you want to use oh like, <laughs> why do you have to hurt Brown fans like that <laughs> I just feel like this is <laughs> we've seen this so many times in the league it, it, it's just. I don't understand why teams continually do this to put their uh, young quarterback in front of just a terrible offensive line that's going to get them hurt. And we saw it last year. They got hurt. Or because it's easy to hate on the Pittsburgh Steelers now, why you put a 60-year-old quarterback in front of a horrible offensive line and draft a running back and a tight end with your first two draft picks in the NFL draft. (laughs) That's another reason, yes. (laughs) so you have the Browns going 12 and five. The only reason I wouldn't say that they'd rest their starters is because one, they wouldn't have the one seed locked up at 11 and five. Unless the NFL is really weird. Yeah. There's no way. The 17, the 17 game one is, it's going to be, it's going to be weird to kind of figure out what, what a good record is. (laughs) Yeah. Because we, we, we knew in the past what a good record would be like two losses, one loss, three losses. Yeah, yeah and for Browns fans not familiar with the playoffs, reseeding happens after the first round. So say the one seed, no matter what, plays the worst seed remaining. So whether it's the fourth seed or the seventh seed. So if the Browns can lock up the two seed, that would mean that they would play the second worst team remaining, which seems important compared to if they had the three seed. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just had to remind Browns fans of that because, I mean, when was the last time you talked the playoffs realistically right. in the preseason? Right. Not even last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the <laughs> I tend to agree with Joe. 12-5 and five seems realistic. 
13 and 4 seems also realistic. But right. I think 12 it's the and Browns. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just to say it's the Browns and it's Cleveland. So like right. it's it's Obviously, better to be on the bottom end and hope yeah. for the best rather than hoping for the best and end up at the bottom. That's why I was saying, yeah, twelve and five. I really feel like is is a really strong possibility. Like it's gotta it's gotta go really wrong for them to go to go even like way worse than that. Um, so I think that's the upside is even better than twelve and five, as we were talking about earlier in the season. I think they can be better than that. Um, we kind of wavered on a couple of those games um it, it can go it can get better than that but 12 and 5 just seems like a it seems like the really comfortable spot 12 and 5 seems like taking care of business and not doing anything else that's a good way of saying it, yeah. if that makes sense yeah that's a perfect way of saying it yeah it's, Which is it's not 12 and 5 and it's like if the browns don't go uh, let's be honest if the browns don't go 11 and 6 i'm gonna be disappointed well, yeah, yeah, high expectation, man. I I expect them to win this division. Um, I don't know if we want to go to that prediction, but uh, all right, let's do it. All right, well, you already said your prediction. Yeah, I don't really I, have a prediction on that to be honest, but I'd go with yours. Yeah, I think they'll. Um, I think they'll win the division. Um, Baltimore has a bit of a more difficult um, schedule, just a tad bit, a bit different. Um, so the the key differences are they play they play Miami and uh, LA. So that's a that's a advantage to the Browns. But overall, I think uh, I think the Browns win the division, um, and probably probably not the number one seed though. I think Kansas City is just in the league of their own in their division, and they'll uh, they'll they'll lock that up there. But uh, I think uh, a top three. Uh, Definitely a top three seed um, winning the division. I like it. And as far as predictions go, we won't talk about anything else until later in the season because I don't want to jinx it. Or we don't talk Super Bowl here yet. Let's just let's just take care of business first. We'll take it like the Browns do, one game at a time. (laughs) Yeah, but as Browns fan, it's it's still just so weird to me. If the Browns seriously, like I just said, if the Browns don't go eleven and six, I'm going to be angry. It's just weird. Yeah. It used to be if the Browns don't go six and eleven, I'm going to be angry. Yeah, I know it's it's a nice position to be in. Finally, <laughs> you for sure. Yeah. All right, so we are over an hour into this thing, Joe. Is there anything else you want to add to the Browns? Are you, are you ready for my Brown season preview? Are you ready for my bold prediction? I I kind of hinted just at one? it. Or, well, just one or multiple? This is this is the biggest one. I don't I don't really have any other ones that i can think of right now but uh if, if i'm getting the vibe that you're sitting off right now you better be knocking on wood while you're saying this oh i am okay <laughs> go do it <laughs> baker mayfield will be a pro bowler and he will be at the end of the year he'll be considered a top five quarterback um with the likes of uh even better than josh allen i believe and i think he Will uh, there will be no even discussion by the end of the year if he uh, w- what kind of extension they'll just say how much you want and you'll get it. If he's better than Josh Allen, that means he's getting more than forty million. By the way, yeah, 
and I, I, I really believe he'll be up there with like the Russell Wilson's uh, spot, kind of in that area. So, Joe has to compare another small quarterback to another one. Come on, <laughs> of all the quarterbacks you could have compared him to, why did it have to be another short quarterback? <laughs> Hey, I, well, it just kind of fit that way, but yeah, kind of worked out that way. Yeah, I I, expect, oh, I uh, thought you were going somewhere way different with that bold prediction, so oh. I'm glad with whatever you said. Okay, that's why I said knock on wood when you were saying that. Oh, okay, <laughs> but no, but I I top five quarterback, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Top ten quarterback. I think he's top ten now, but I agree. But we also have to remember Baker Mayfield's not only playing for team success this year, but no matter what he says. He's playing for the money bag too. He's paying for he's playing for a big payday, just like Jadamian Clowney is. Yeah, yeah. And I said it in the uh, the awards prediction today. Um, I think he'll be the MVP of the team, uh, or the MVP of the offense. Miles Garrett's going to be the best player on the team. Um, but yeah, I, I believe he'll be the driving force. We saw it by the end of the year last year where it became a passing pass-first offense. Uh, I think it really will become that um, this season uh, with Baker. It, 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 we saw it just in a glimpse of it in the preseason. He he drove he, – he looked really smooth in that, first pre, in that last preseason game, and I think we'll just see uh, more of that uh, come the, the actual season. So I expect big things. Speaking of Baker in the offense, I'm surprised no one's made a shirt that just says all the offensive playmakers in like a list down <laughs> it. You know, what, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, Baker and like Nick and Kareem and OBJ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on, people make some money. I know the Cleveland yeah. T-shirt company loves making their money. Just <laughs> It's as simple as literally writing all their names on a shirt in a list right. and people would yeah. buy it. I know. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a good shirt. All right, so... Anything else, Joe, besides your bold prediction? No, let's just have fun, man. I can't wait. Can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, Sunday should – this is a good weekend for football. Saturday, Ohio State, Oregon. Sunday, Browns, Chiefs, primetime. I hate well, the new kickoffs, time, by the way. Do you Why know who it? hates them more? This is a Browns podcast, but do you know who hates the new kickoffs more? Who? A team like Oregon. Oh, yeah. Traveling from the West Coast true. who's playing a 9 a.m. local time game. Yeah, that's true. It's just insane to me that they're playing at noon, but that's not a hero hey, there. I, I hate noon kickoffs Fox. as well. Absolutely. I hate noon kickoffs as well. But it gives them how State an advantage. So, hey, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah, good point. All right, so Joe and I will be back Sunday post game, just like we always – well, not always are. We just started it last year. But we'll be back with the Browns Instant Insights, uh, WFMY Podcast Edition. Sunday, probably 425 start, probably like 8 o'clock-ish. 830, yeah, during Sunday night and just, football. Yes, yes, exactly. And just please, Browns fans, I know I said this already, please don't <laughs> overreact no matter what happens, whether it's a blowout breathe. in one direction or the other, breathe. whether it's a close game in one direction or the other, please do not overreact. It's just, just one breathe. game of 17. <laughs> yes, just breathe. And please, Browns fans, if you can, stay off of Twitter. Most of the time, but especially Sunday. (laughs) Or just restrain yourself from tweeting things that are insane. That'd be another. That is like the that that should that is what Twitter should say. Literally, when you hit the Twitter app on your phone as it's loading up, it should say, "Please Please. restrain yourself from tweeting (laughs) insane things." 
<laughs> that should be the motto of Twitter. <laughs> exactly. All right, Joe. And everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Josh. He's Joe. And go Browns. Go Browns. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.